most people in the U.S. have at least one ace, and people with four aces, including living with an alcoholic parent, racism, bullying, witnessing violence outside the home, physical abuse, and losing a parent to divorce, have a huge risk of adult onset of chronic health problems such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, suicide, and alcoholism. Ooh. Y'all heard aces and y'all thought we were talking about cards, huh? But what if I told you that there's a connection between uh, health, your your current health, and um, experiences you had in your childhood? Well, uh, that's actually what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about aces. We are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Joe Smith. And today's episode is called Aces to Hi. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, hey. So today we are going to talk about um, really how I spent an after- afternoon. An afternoon? I, not an afternoon. It wasn't not no an tea. Afternoon. I didn't have no tea. Uh, <laughs> I spent an afternoon uh, being really, really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So that's ultimately where this is going. Yes. Yeah, so just to give you some context, if you don't already know, if you haven't followed us so far, we are currently in training yes. at the Milton Hershey School. Mm-hmm. Go Spartans. Go Spartans. Uh, where we are um, flex house parents. Yes. And we are working with um, we're working with students, grades K through 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of these students have uh, high aces well, as and well. So after going through this training, so I had no idea what an ace was uh, outside of like gambling and stuff. But like I, I didn't know. <laughs> or being an, like number one. That's right. Aces. Actually, I was, that's, in high school, I was. Yeah. I was an ace. School. My school. High school. Uh, Mascot? Mascot. I was going to say school yeah. motto, but I, mascot is yeah. the correct term. Um, but I would, um, I guess, propose that a lot of people have higher aces than they thought. I did. Yeah. I uh, was like, oh, Nick, your aces are way higher than mine. Then I took the <laughs> test and I was like, actually, not that far behind you. On par. Yeah. Um, but first, let's let's lay it out. So if you don't know what the aces are, ACE is an, a, uh, an acronym. Yes. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. Yes. And, and these are experiences that generally um, harm children's developing brains because mm-hmm. our brains are not fully developed even through adolescence. So like, it's not yeah. just stuff like that happens to you as a baby. Yeah. Your brain stops really developing. Yeah. And it leads to changing how we respond to stress and actually damages our immune systems so profoundly that the effects don't show up until decades later. Yeah. Like it's so like it, it's, it's on a microscopic cellular genetic level Mm -hmm. but it's so powerful that it's like it it waits decades to show up and actually have like symptoms that we can see because it it alters the way that your body processes stress and strain Mm -hmm. and the way you uh, mentally deal with stuff Mm -hmm. and so that's a long that's a long road yeah that's not immediate you know what i mean that's not that right there yeah um aces cause much of our burden of of chronic disease Mm -hmm. uh, most mental illness and are at the root of most violence. And this is yeah. from the website Aces Too High, yeah. which is the name of our episode it's as well. It's just this minus the question mark dot com. Dot com. Yeah. And um, that's kind of the website you want to go to if you want to learn more about this. But what, what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about is how Aces um, affect us as people and, yeah. and the way that we engage with the world. Because I, I didn't know. I really didn't. Yeah. Like I had an understanding from sociology classes, from psychology classes. Um, really sociology kind of geared me towards 
uh, this mindset, right? Mm. Because this is about how our environment uh, helps to shape us. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I never knew the connection between things like hypertension and diabetes and smoking and violence yeah. and um, abuse and addiction and connecting that to adverse childhood experience. I like, I also like the wording adverse childhood experience mm-hmm. because we talk about trauma a lot in our current culture. Yeah. Um, which is important because it's uh, a definite thing, right? I'm not saying trauma is not real, um, but I feel like it gets used too much. Yeah, or it's or it's only viewed as certain things. Like you have to hit a certain level before it becomes traumatic. Yeah. Um, and even with like PTSD and different things, we only associate that with certain types of stressors. Exactly. Yeah. When adverse childhood experiences, if you take if you go on aces2high.com mm-hmm. and you actually take the the survey yeah. for yourself, you realize like, oh, this is these are things that you might you might discover like we did, like, oh, this was actually pretty normal in my household, or this was something yeah. that I, I often felt. And so it's not just traumatic events, like mm-hmm. there was a one-time event. This is actually things that happened uh, on a recurring basis or um, happened quite often that were normative they were normative in your household and so just because they were normative to you does not mean that they're one of my favorites that we've had thus far because um, we're doing a lot of like learning the job right mm-hmm. so we've all we've all stepped into this new position mm-hmm. but we're also learning a new culture for many yeah, people that up. step into the house parenting role this isn't just oh, now I have a job and I am responsible for students. Mm-hmm. It's now I have to learn how to interact with these students who are coming from a background that for a good portion of house parents in our same position is very different from what they were raised yeah, in. And so it helps so. to cultivate that compassion, that understanding. How do I approach people who have a high ACEs where I may not? Or, you know, if you if you grew up and didn't know you had a high ACEs yeah. like Nick. So I, I want to hear like, I want to hear you kind of lay it out for people who were not in the room with you. Cause I was, um, <laughs> right. we're going through this awesome day Y'all are of, in the room with us like now, <laughs> but not the day of training. Like yeah. where we're sitting there and we're learning about aces and it was like, wow, this is so eye opening. It's so like, you know, whatever, but what you were going through while I was having this moment of like, whoa, this is so incredible. Yeah. So, um, well, before we get to that, I want to share yeah. a little bit of background about the ACEs, at least the history that we, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you can find all this online. And there were three doctors in the, um, in the nineties that saw this connection, this link between, um, a lot of health issues and, um, trauma in, mm-hmm. in childhood, a lot of, um, bad up, not bad upbringing, but traumatic or adverse upbringing, mm-hmm. um, and then those folks growing up and experiencing a lot of health issues. Yeah. And so they actually did this study that was published in 1998 called Relationship of Childhood Abuse mm-hmm. and Household Dysfunction to Many of the Leading Causes of Death in Adults. Right. That's wow. very wordy. You're not going to just read that on the toilet. Like you're not just going to say, oh, let me you thumb might. through this real quick. You might. Uh, hopefully know. you're not on the toilet that long. Like you got other issues maybe caused by ACE. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> but um, so what they did was they said, uh, hey, this is a thing. And they started presenting it and uh, no one really took them seriously for like 20 years. Yeah. And then people started picking up on it like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. we're seeing that stress and high cholesterol and, and drug abuse and yeah. promiscuity and all these things are happening more in people that have higher ACEs scores. Yeah, because oftentimes the model that was presented was when you come in with a symptom or a set of symptoms, um, we'll look at the, the likely causes of that, like mm-hmm. maybe a few things in your immediate environment or your immediate situation, like, oh, you're having some anxiety. Well, what's going on in your life right now? Yeah. Not even considering most of the time. Well, did your mother have anxiety when you grew up? Did you suffer from anxiety as a child? Were you exposed to things that caused you anxiety? Did you mm-hmm. experience abuse? Yeah. Like even asking someone in their thirties 
who's presenting with symptoms of anxiety. Well, what was your home life like when you were between the ages of three and 10? Like that wasn't even a consideration because there wasn't that link. And also looking at the brain and how development um, really affects all these areas of Mm -hmm. our health and our life. Um, neuroplasticity and all those things, those were still even in the beginning stages of being like accepted even or Mm. mildly accepted in most circles because they were still so new. And so even looking at, you know, the, the question of nature versus nurture. Yeah. We often age old debate. Yeah. It's age age old. Like it's, it's one or the other where I think ACEs and the looking at like epigenetics Mm -hmm. shows us that both like it's yes, it's nature or nurture. Yes. Yes. In so many situations. So yeah, it's, it's a really interesting study. Even if you just kind of skim over it while you're on the toilet (laughs) or (laughs) Or you read the cliff's notes or you just watch this episode. (laughs) Or yeah. Yeah. That's good too. Um, yeah. And so this, this connection that they found, um, is proving more and more true. And, uh, what, what is interesting is we've heard the phrase unprecedented times Ooh, um, yeah. and unprecedented amount mm-hmm. in the past uh, year. Mm-hmm. And so 2020, 2021, uh, there have been so many issues that have happened that are traumatic, that are adverse. Even right now, children that are dealing with these power outages in Texas and yeah. and there are people freezing, literally freezing yeah. to death in our country. Like yeah. th- there are major issues happening yeah. in our world that are adverse and that people are growing up in this, it affects our, our brain. It affects the way that your brain can actually process. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the way your brain processes as in like psychologically, but the physical structure of your brain mm-hmm. and the way that it processes signals to the rest of your body as yeah. far as stressors and um, mm-hmm. where, where, what it does with hormones. And, and like, there's, there's a bunch, there's, there's so much. Yeah. And it's also like, it affects our social emotional learning, Yeah, which is huge. And if you, Um, I mean, look at the pandemic. We cannot rule out even for our little ones that are growing up in this time, what the pandemic has done to affect their brains and their development. I mean, this is, we're not just talking about virtual learning and how staring at a screen all day, we already know affects us in a negative way, but we're talking about what socially and what on a community level, what, and not just in the family, but what, what reaches far out into this child's entire experience to affect them adversely and, and as they're operating in households that are a lot of times run by fear yes run, run by anxiety oh my goodness so they're they're being soaked in anxiety they're yeah. being steeped in fear yeah and the um, one of the things we read in the if you look at the aces studies and all these things it's, it's an ongoing thing too they yeah they're constantly reevaluating. when the study was done at first i think it was 12 percent of adults that were um looked at and surveyed um, presented with an ACEs score of four or more. Mm-hmm. There's 10. If you have four or more, you're considered um, on that risk, like higher risk yeah. of having these chronic health issues. Now in like, tw- I think it was maybe 2018 or sometime in the past, like five years, mm-hmm. they did the study again. It was 23%. Oh, wow. So we've almost doubled yeah. since they first did the study. And that's with adults that, and just adults that they're looking at. It's not even every single adult in yeah. this country or in this world. And so like looking at this, I think it really helps us to widen our understanding or broaden our understanding of what really does affect the individual we have. And especially in America, yeah. we, we've talked about this, you know, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I am me. Rugged individualists. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But really that Ubuntu mentality of like, I am because we are yeah, tends to be more like on, on the good and the bad mm-hmm. tends to be more true. And like, honestly, we can't rule out things like the pandemic 
or um, like our predispositions for certain issues. We've talked about, and we, we know that science and, and different studies have shown that like alcoholism mm-hmm. and different things are passed on genetically. Yeah. But there's not a lot of understanding of how, like how exactly is that and how does that manifest? And, and, and then looking at people who maybe have alcoholism in their past mm-hmm. but, or in their family's uh, history, but don't succumb to that. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that? Well, epigenetics and brain plasticity and looking at all of these factors affects that. But you also have historical trauma. Yeah, because it's, there's more to a person. Um, I love the phrase uh, standing on the, the shoulders of giants, right? There's everything that you are now, everything that you know now, um, is just you a little further along to the, from the people before you, right? Yeah. Everybody's pushing you, hopefully, further. Like, you know more. You have yeah. access to more um, more knowledge, more wisdom, mm-hmm. more experiences because you're, you're um, using, like, even where you're born, you didn't choose that. Yeah. Like, your ancestors were, were put in position so that you're born where you're born. Mm-hmm. Like, you had no choice in that. Yeah. And all of that plays a factor. People that are born in um, poverty in, like, rural Brazil, mm. like, their upbringing and just where they were born is going to affect how their bodies deal with stuff and yeah. how they process things versus being born like in the Hamptons, you know what right, I mean? Right. And so there, there is such, um, there's a myth associated with like you try hard, you, you get good grades, you mm-hmm. you'll rise to the top cream always rise to the top. Um, but that's not always true. No. And it's not, and, and no one, I don't want to make no a, one. a broad statement. No one. <laughs> They're not the one. But like really those people who do rise to the top, mm-hmm. they do. Most of them would not say, well, it's only because of me. Yeah, well, it was my choice. I, I chose to be I great. just, I really decided one day. Now there, there's some truth to that. Like we have to make the decision. We have to make the conscious choice. It's both and. To not succumb to the things that have um, been a downfall for others. Yeah. But like the reality that there are things in place even before we are born Mm-hmm. that set us up for failure needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. And it, and it has to be acknowledged not as a crutch. Mm-hmm. It's not to say, well, it doesn't only, excuse actions. No, no, not or responsibility at all, yeah. but it is helpful. It, if we ignore that, mm-hmm. then we find ourselves with a lot of question marks when it comes to, um, these different health disparities, economic disparities, psychological disparities, yeah. um, between different group people groups. Yeah. And like, I think it's really profound on a spiritual level, even understanding that, um, from conception, even mm. before conception, there are so many, there's a foundation yeah. that's been laid. That is a worldly foundation that says you're going to fail. Yeah. You're, you're, you don't have anything to stand on that original sin. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's so incredible that, that in many cases it is so utterly depraved. Mm-hmm. It seems so completely hopeless. And yet there's so many things that like, not, not, and yet, in addition to that, I should say, <laughs> and th- also there's so many things we tie to, um, the high aces mm-hmm. that are, um, like maternal health, mm-hmm. maternal mental health during pregnancy. And they've done a lot of studies that show like women who experience certain traumas and traumatic experiences during pregnancy mm-hmm. that increases their child's likelihood of having certain health problems. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy to, uh, we think like, oh, well, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like if your mother was sick you might have a greater chance of being sick. And they're saying, no, it's not just this, like, well, maybe. Yeah. No, there's a definite connection between these things. And one of the things we saw, too, when we were going through um, the ACEs and looking at the different research was something called the pair of ACEs, which Mm -hmm. is a a separate study that they did that ties. Okay, so if you look at ACEs as like a tree, 
um, with a bunch of different branches of like health issues, mental and physical health issues. There's a tree mm-hmm. and the tree is like your family and um, what you grew up in. Well, there's also soil yeah, and there's roots of that tree. And in the soil, you have the adverse community environment. Yeah. And then the tree is those adverse childhood experiences. And so looking at that, um, you can compound those health issues, um, the socioeconomic issues that will be in, um, encountered by certain people mm-hmm. because of the soil and the tree. Yeah. And you like, and scripture even speaks to that, like mm-hmm. speaks to the generational iniquity. Yeah. And so you look at um, when it says the the sins of the father will, will be passed down. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you see another scripture where Jesus says, or where God says, I will not yeah. curse the son. I will for not the punish fa- them. Yeah. yeah. For the father's um, iniquity. But what we know of generational iniquity, what we know about generational sin is not God saying, okay, your dad did this. So now I'm going to curse you with this. But the generational sin is you teach the sins to your children Mm. or the environment that you place them in is sinful. And so they pick up on these sins or on this iniquity because it may not always be sin. It may just be uh, shortcomings. It may be uh, false understandings, lack of resources, lack of resources. And so that it's uh, the soil and the tree. I I love that image that they, um, the pair of aces, right? The soil yeah. and the tree. Yeah. Well, the 10 aces, the the tree part, right? The the 10 questions that they ask you about are uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect, mental illness in the family, uh, the abuse of your mother or stepmother, uh, either physically or verbally, divorce in your family, drug abuse in your family, or um, incarceration in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there are 10 specific questions. They're really long. It's like, have do you remember often or very often this or, or this or mm-hmm. this or this or this? And that's all one. So if you say yes to any of those, you're like, well, that's one. Yeah. Um, and so as we were going through this in, in the class, uh, I was sitting there. Um, well, first they set me up from the beginning, right? Because before, <laughs> they, set you before up. they set me up, we're going to get Nick in before this we got to the aces part. Um, we were talking, uh, learning about family d- demographics of people in poverty in general, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in poverty, like I just did. I grew up below the poverty line. Um, my family background, uh, addiction, lots of addiction, lots of criminal activity, alcoholism, all sorts of crazy stuff. And so they were talking about just the lifestyle of poverty and how it's different, especially inner city poverty versus mm-hmm. rural poverty versus mm. whatever. And um, I've seen both of them. And so the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, yep, yep. No, I know what that's like. Yep. I've been experienced that. There was actually a they question. Had a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, a question that was like yeah. uh, asking the room, you know, hey, if somebody is living in a, a camper and it's the middle of with winter. With five other people. With five with five people total mm, five in people, this camper. Yeah. Um, and they have to walk, you know, across the street to you to take a shower. Uh, is that something that you would be concerned about? Yeah. As, as a mandated reporter. Yes. Is that something that you would feel the need to report to CPS? Yeah. Is there an issue there? And um, like, no joke, Kylie Joe was like, I seriously, I, Nick was sitting, he's sitting on my left in the, in the class. As and I, am I like, we're in the back of the room. So like nobody saw me do this to Nick, but I like turned, <laughs> I was like, because no joke, that is uh, a season of my life that I lived like yeah. five years of my life. That's how we lived in a, yeah. in a camper um, on a campground long-term, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't shower in our own spot. There was a shower house, bathhouse. Uh, now, now, granted, it, and one of the things the trainer had said, he was like, okay. So he asked the question to the room, which nobody in the answered. class seemed to be like, we're like, oh, it was kind of like, a, I don't know. Like, is that wrong? Like a camper's not ideal. But one thing that the trainer stressed, he goes, well, but the child is healthy mm-hmm. and safe. 
and with their family. Like that's the whole goal yeah. of like reintegration and things like, so they're with their family yeah. and, um, there's no abuse. Yeah. There's no neglect. So no. So there's so, no issue. There's no issue. But, and also with Nick's situation that he was like, well, it was also in Southern California, yeah, so which is different than like, we you were know, out at the beach. We were north. out at the pool. We were doing a lot of stuff Yeah, instead of being in the camp. And how old were you? Um, kindergarten, first, second, into third, I think. So like you weren't old enough to maybe, I don't know, to like recognize like we don't have a house. And so we're kind you know, of homeless. It didn't really, it didn't really bother me because in the campground that I lived, there were other kids that lived there too. So you, it was like a, it was it a was, community. Yeah. Like and it was a season. People. It wasn't like a, oh, we've been put out and we have to be here until we go back home. Yeah. And, and we didn't own a home anywhere. So it wasn't like, oh, okay. we lost the house. Right. You know, we had rented. We, I mean, honestly, growing up in addicted families, we moved, moved a lot, mm-hmm. a ton. And so living in that, that, that trailer, i never saw an issue. Yeah. I and mean, even now, you know, my folks did the best they could being addicts and mm-hmm. struggling because we, we didn't miss a meal. We always had a roof over our head. Like we yeah. were safe, but it wasn't an ideal situation. Definitely. Yeah. And so we're sitting there that was the first part. And then we start talking about the aces. Mm-hmm. And so I'm already like, all right, they're talking about me. You know, I'm just, well, and yeah, sorry. I remember having that same exact feeling my sophomore year of college when I took sociology class and we mm. were talking about different sociological demographics and, and speaking about the urban poor. And I remember feeling like there was a spotlight on me the whole time. Mm. And I was sitting there, nobody's looking at me. No, nobody know nothing about me. Right. But you're just I'm in this big lecture hall, Wichita State University. I'm just like sitting there and I feel like everybody's like, (laughs) he's talking about you, Nick. This this kid knows what I'm talking about. Ain't that right? Smith. You know what it is. Oh, wow. Um, and I know some people have, have said this in church, like, when they hear something convicting, they feel like everybody's looking at them. Yeah. They feel like, because there's just that thing where when something touches a nerve, mm. you just get ultra aware of yourself. You yeah. get ultra self-conscious. And so and defensive uh, even you can't, you get can really defensive yeah. because honestly, like I felt a little bit of defensiveness, not like I wasn't taking it personally, but I was like, if anybody in this room says they would report to CPS, <laughs> I'm going to lay into them. I'm like, how dare you judge those parents? But nobody did. No, but at the great. same time, I was like, okay, don't get defensive. Just because yeah. I, I know someone who that personally affected. And also when they started going through the effects of having high aces yeah. was when I really started feeling uncomfortable for Nick because the effects of it um, or like some of the things that can happen to people with high aces, um, uh, heart issues, mm-hmm. stroke, yep. heart attack. Nick yep. lost his oldest brother to a heart attack suddenly yeah. and at an early age. Um my mom had, had a sh- several strokes, strokes yeah. died earlier than she should have because yeah. of those health issues. She had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, also can be associated with high aces. Yes. Death by violence. Other brother yep. murdered. Like those things. I was like, Oh my word. And it was just really heavy because, yeah. and I'm not saying this, like I really highly doubt that anyone else in the class was experiencing no. that same thing. No. And so it was also hard because I was like, Oh my gosh, nobody even in this room knows. As far as we know, as far as we there know, could have been people like, in there feeling the exact same thing. Could have been. And I'll yeah. tell you the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, Jesus, it was rough. hold me through this. Hold me. <laughs> They're talking about me. Lord. And we're talking about these kids. So that's the other thing is we're talking about how this affects children. So it's not in my mind, even though I didn't know Nick as a child yeah. in my mind, sitting next to me, was a seven-year-old spirit child <laughs> who was just not even aware of all of the things that were stacked against him. Yeah. And I just wanted to take that child and scoop him up and say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to be all right. Thank you. Thank you for that, babe. I appreciate that. That's why she's the best. Um, but 
honestly, what you just said about that um, feeling for that child, I remember a point in early on in our marriage, I was working a job and, and I was just struggling through, through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I know nothing about aces. I was just, the Lord was working on me through um, a lot of personal stuff I knew I had like biases and anger and frustrations. Mm -hmm. and, And I remember I was by myself, I was driving, doing my delivery route and, um, and God just put it on me that I had to mourn for that child. Mm. Like I had to mourn for the kid. And like, even though that kid is me, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if anybody mourned for me. Nobody like showed me cause it would be terrible to walk up to a kid and be like, Oh, poor baby. Come right. Here. You don't want to pity a yeah, child. Yeah. You don't want no, that. No. But, um, I knew that the, the situations that I lived through and crazy situations that I, I went through as a kid, um, I, I had to mourn that. I had to mourn the loss of innocence. I had to mm-hmm. mourn the loss of, of a, a childhood in some areas. Stability. Yeah, yeah, I had to mourn that. And not in a way that, that was bitter, but mm. that was a proper grieving of a loss so that I could move through it. That's and good. so now That's looking good. at the ACEs situation, mm-hmm. I remember being like, like as I was sitting there and, and processing the effects of ACEs, uh, to tell you the truth, I it, it transformed from a heaviness into a, a mini praise break. <laughs> because it was like, as I'm listening to all these these things that were stacked up against me and all these, um, I don't know, setbacks that, mm-hmm. that were just placed there that I had nothing to do with, but my, my little body had to process and, yeah. and that my adult body is now dealing with and having to process, um, I didn't deal with any of those adverse mm-hmm. consequences, mm-hmm. right? No, I'm, I'm not the statistic. Yeah. Um, and so as I was looking at that, I just had to thank God because I was like, it's only, mm-hmm. only by the grace of God. Like that's yeah. the only reason that, yes. that my life didn't end end before now. Mm. It's the only reason that there wasn't um, some sort of pitfall that I fell into because yeah. uh, I'm no better than anyone that fell into a pitfall. I'm no mm-hmm. smarter. I'm no anything. Yeah. Just God looked out for me. That's really all it was. Mm-hmm. And so looking at, at that, looking at my life and my situation growing up, um, it was really awkward, y'all. It was awkward for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think anybody else had I stood up and said, Hey, that's me. Um, I went through that. That's exactly what I experienced as a kid. I don't think anyone would look down on me. I don't think Mm -mm. any of that stuff would have happened, but I still felt super uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. Um, until I moved into my praise break. Yeah. Once I got to the praise break, I was good. Yeah. And well, one of the things, um, just to, to kind of move into the practicality, Practicality. practicality, one of the things that I love about this environment and the work that we've been called to do here And um, honestly, this was the day that I was like, yes, like this is why this school exists and why it's so needed. Now, it's come so far from its uh, beginnings in 1909, um, where it was a school for orphan boys. Now Mm. it encompasses so much um, to kind of flip the aces on its head because we're taking these these students from flip it on um, its aces, flip it on its Anyway, uh, taking these <laughs> students from these adverse childhood experiences with adverse community environments, yeah, and we're placing them in a new environment. We're giving them, well, putting them in, in new soil. Just, just for a second, we're not doing anything. No, yes, yeah, sorry, their the Lord, family the, has yes, chosen, yeah, yeah, to to allow their children to go here, yeah, because it's not it's not like a state mandate, and they're not taking people's no. kids. Um, these families are making the decision to to counteract these adverse childhood situations, yeah. which so, in and of itself. Uh, kind of addresses another thing we'll get get to in and of itself. That is a thing that will 
reverse some of that adversity Yes, because to have a parent, to have someone in your immediate family or anyone in your family Mm -hmm. or in your community say, I want a better future for you. I believe in you and I want you to succeed. That will transform something in a child's heart and mind. Just that simple act. And honestly, even though your parent, your mom never sent you, to the Milton Hershey school. And of I remember Nick was like, man, I would have qualified for this school. <laughs> My mom would know about it. Um, but you. what she did do when you were what, 16 years old, 15 years old, 15, 15 years old. She said, Nick, I got to get you out of this environment. Yeah. She moved us into rural Kansas yeah, against your preference. Yeah. Guaranteed. Because yeah, I didn't want to do that. California to Kansas is like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? In winter, right? Wasn't it wintertime? Maybe? I don't remember. Okay. No, it was summer. Okay. I just finished summer school. Okay. But she did, that she transplanted you into a new environment, into yes. a new community. And yeah. um, so when these parents and these uh, family members and, and people in these, these students' lives do this, yeah. it's placing them in a new community where they are now surrounded mm-hmm. with not just opportunity, because I think opportunity can be good or bad, mm-hmm. but it's giving them the tools they need to then make the right decisions and to step outside of these um the, the propensity for these chronic health issues in the future. Well, and taking it, taking it away from these specific students and to mm-hmm. taking it straight into, to real life practical application. Yeah. Um, if you go onto the ACEs too high website, uh, there Which is, you should. there is a resiliency test that was developed by some other people, um, to find out like, yeah, okay. So these people who have high ACEs, right. Individuals who have high ACEs, some of them don't end up in these situations. Some of them are like Nick. Yes. What do you do them, with the Nicks? <laughs> what in the Nick? What do you do with all the Nick Smiths? Um, so, so what, what's, how did that work out? Right. And so they, they found a, a connection, right? Between there's a resiliency test. There's 14 questions. And if you answer on the positive and you're, I forgot if your resiliency number is higher than your ACEs number, uh-huh. um, then you're more likely to have had protections put in place to keep you out of these, um, these adverse situations. Sorry, our dog's in the studio and he fell asleep and he's snoring. So hopefully you can't hear him snoring, but, Uh um, so (laughs) we can (laughs) looking at this resiliency test. So many questions throughout that. Every question actually had one common theme and that was community. Yeah. This is like, this is the game changer. This is yes. the grace of God in action. This yes. is this is something we talk about and we're so passionate about in our ministry. This is why we do ministry as a family. That's right. Because we believe in the power of godly community. And we don't just yeah. believe in it because, oh, we have a great community that's followed us everywhere. And we just have, no, it's because we understand how God strategically places people in positions of influence mm-hmm. to speak life mm-hmm. and to be hands and feet in those moments that serve and build up one another. Yeah. And that is how we undo these things. Um, yeah. not, not in and of ourselves. This is how those things become reversed. And actually there's so many, um, chronic health issues, um, mental health issues that can be reversed. We've seen it yeah. with the study of neuroplasticity. We've seen the reversal of certain issues mm-hmm. because of a positive, loving and affirming community surrounding a person. This and is that's nature's medicine. Y'all No, that's God's medicine. I'm a, I'm a counteract that. Okay. That's God's because you knew what I meant. Yeah. because left left to our own devices we're individualistic right left to our own devices we want to put other people down so that we can win left to our own devices it's all about protecting my stuff me and mine fight or flight but what god did was when he created the church yeah he said no that's not how the kingdom of god works the kingdom of god is about a people right when when god saved 
Israel. Mm-hmm. He saved him to be a people. When he right. when he saved Abraham, he saved him to be a people. He was That's like, right. yeah, you're Abraham. That's cool and all. But from <laughs> you will flow a people that will yeah. transform the world. And so the answer is always, like when Jesus came, he could have just came, lived his life, healed some people, died on a cross. But no, he, he came, he created a community. Yeah. He brought the 12 disciples alongside and he created a community. He said, okay, now continue doing this. Yeah. And what's Keep crazy, on doing if, this. if you look at the events of the cross. If you look at leading up to, we have this group of people, this community of people mm-hmm. who at a certain point, their entire paradigm shifts because they experience a traumatic thing. They mm-hmm. watch their friend and teacher and mentor um, brutally murdered, murdered in front of, that's traumatic. Like Very there's so. everything about that is trauma. There was, adverse, um, there was, uh, there was the an least. adverse situation, <laughs> not to mention they were in an adverse community environment right. because of the oppression over them. So you have mm-hmm. all these people within a shared lived experience that's right. that God intentionally chose. So they would go through this together and it would be formative. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of it being merely negative mm-hmm. and this thing that they would point to and that would then cri- cripple them, mm-hmm in their effect, he used that to empower them. He used that to draw them together in unity. And we all have something that we can point to in that same way. And that's just, that's the beauty of God's grace in the church is that we are marked by a very traumatic experience Mm -hmm. that has also unified us and allows us to then go out and minister to people so that they are transformed by the renewing of their mind. Amen. So, so here's what you have to do, right? If, if you're, <laughs> here's what you got to do. This is, this is for you practically, right? What can you do? If you, you go and you take the ACEs score and you have a high ACE score or someone in your family, your child has an high, has a high ACEs or uh, your nephew, your niece, your grandchild has high ACEs. What do you do? Plug into community, yes. authentic community. Mm-hmm. Um, because what, I mean, it doesn't matter what that is as long as it's authentic and godly it could be a small group it could be a church mm-hmm. uh, support group it could be um just joining a church right be being a part of a mm-hmm. church family it could be vbs for your kids if v- it's just a summer vbs that's just send right. them to vbs sunday school it could be yes. anywhere where people are known and are able to to build those intimate relationships with community mm-hmm. if you're dealing with addiction you've got celebrate recovery you've got yep. aa you got na you got all the a's all, all the a triple a wait no that's for your car um but yeah. know that you need other people. Mm-hmm. God didn't save you so that you can just be by yourself. He yeah. saved you to the body of Christ. And yeah. so you need to plug into a community. Um, your child needs a community around them mm-hmm. that loves them, that will support them. Your grandchild needs people that may be you. That may just be the family group yeah. that comes around and supports them. Yeah. But but God has built community into the the answer to the question Mm -hmm. of how do I get over trauma? Yeah. And I think one of the most beautiful things we have in community when it is safe Mm -hmm. is transparency. Yeah. And as someone who maybe recognizes like, Oh my goodness, my child, my grandchild, my niece, my nephew has a really high ACE score being transparent with them about what that means and appropriately age appropriately. And also explaining to them that, Hey, I'm now aware of this and I want to do something to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, and really this, this goes into the hope factor. Like there We know as believers there's there's eternal hope in Jesus, but we also recognize there is there's temporal hope in Jesus as well. We, yeah, in yeah. Jesus we live in that right now because we that's know right. that this is not our home, but we have a hope that sustains us through all of the adverse things that we encounter. And we want to communicate to you that no one is too far gone. That's right. You you may be in your 30s, 40s, 50s or beyond. 
you are not too far gone. That's right. Just because you're not a child and can't have still that community come around you and mold you as a child does not mean that God cannot transform you're still your a situation. Child of God. That's come right. And God designed our brains to renew. That's why we're born with new, or not born, excuse me, we wake up with new brain cells every single day. Come on. That's and so He good. also gives us the word that tells us we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And ultimately, um, the church is the answer mm-hmm. to everything. I really believe, this is my opinion, this is I-M-H-O, the church is the <laughs> don't, answer. Don't say that. Don't say that about my wife. <laughs> First off, um, we don't have problems. It stands for humble or honest. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but anyway, uh, it's the church is the answer to, mm-hmm. I believe, everything, every question we have. Well, why does this happen? Why, why is this an issue? Well, it's because... The church hasn't stepped in yeah, because the church isn't isn't present in that context yet. The church has not stepped up yet. The church at its best. Let's say that at its best at, at God's yes. design when it's operating in the full functioning and the anointing of the spirit when it's operating um, as it should be mm-hmm. with Christ as the head with people humbling themselves and repenting consistently in those elements. Then the church is the answer because a lot yeah. of times. I'm sure someone right now is like, no, the church is the answer to why I don't go to church, right? I mean, there's, they there's might somebody be. in here saying, well, the church is the reason I actually have a high ACES score. Wow. You know what I mean? And yeah. so we're not talking about the broken man-made system. We're talking mm-hmm. about God's community, the community yeah. of loving, honest believers that are there to build each other up in the spirit. Yeah. And, you know, you may not have a church home. You may not have that community. Like Especially you may during a, the pandemic. Yeah, you may not have a group of people that you can go to. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you're kind of wrestling with that, mm-hmm. that um, actually in the ACEs, I think at one point it, it talks about how it only takes one positive relationship yeah. with a caring, for a child, with a caring adult. Yeah. But for a person, it only takes one positive relationship with a caring person to help you to heal. Yeah. So that can be a therapist. Mm-hmm. It could be a telemed, whatever it is where you just, I need to share this with somebody and yeah. I need you to hear me. Um, and so, so seek that person out mm-hmm. in your life. And if, if there is a person that's been cons- consistently present for you, really um, let them know yeah. um, that they are that for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, we just want to thank our group, our inner circle. Thank you so much for, for being hey, that for yes. us, for being our community. We love you guys. We thank you for supporting us. Thank you for uh, loving us, even in this transition from one part of the country to another part of the country. And uh, radio silence at times. You guys have been right there with (laughs) us, checking in on us, making sure we're good. So uh, we just want to say thank you for for rocking with us. Yes, we uh, we love you guys. And if you are interested in becoming part of that community, you know, you can do it. You know, know it's really just check the website. Go to patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast and you can join at any level. Um, you can uh, participate in our Inner Circle Facebook group, which is really awesome. We haven't yeah. been on there very much lately, but it's normally really awesome and active. Yes. And um, also you get behind the scenes stuff. So we're going to yeah. probably go into some of this, um, our own experiences with the ACEs. And I'll talk about my score. And Nick will talk about his his score his story with, uh, the, <laughs> with the Inner Circle. And if you want to hear about that, you want to be part of the Inner Circle. So And here, yeah. I just I felt led to say this. Go ahead. Um, we're not soliciting community. Just know that. Mm. Um, the inner circle are a group of people that want to support us and be our community. But if you're lacking and you need community, mm. um, you can always message our page. You can yeah. always reach out to us and just say, Hey, I, I don't have community cause we have a public Facebook page. We have mm-hmm. a public YouTube page and we have people that interact on there and we would love to still interact with you. Um, we're not, uh, soliciting our friendship. No, uh, we would love no. to still get to know you. If, if you're in that place where you're like, listen, I do need community yes. and we'll pray for you and we'll be right there alongside you in the spirit, 
hoping uh, that God will bring people physically in your area. Um, yes. But I just felt led to say that. I'm glad you did. That was good. Thank you. Well, this has been the Next Myth Podcast. Show we, we hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be, Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.